It's the December 6, 2019 episode of Weekly Signal's Meltdown, broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. I'm Claudia Shambaugh. And, as always, unfit for office, Mahler, the fake news dog. Woof. Woof. Good boy, Mahler. Today we'll be talking about Republicans in Moscow on the 4th of July, Putin's encyclopedia, deer in the headlights, and more. But first... Oh my gosh. uh, What was that? I got a phone call coming in. Oh my goodness. I I, I don't know what they're doing. Damn it. Hello? Hello? Uh, Don't you hate it when they do that? I don't like it. But usually I don't pick up. I look for the name. Yeah. On the caller ID. Well, there's, there's no name here. There's no... That's right. We've got it kind We've of... We've got an, an ancient an phone. Antique. You can't I like it. You like but it? But for the sticky keys. <laughs> the House of Representatives voted 417 to 3. Yahoo. Yeah, that's a blowout. 417 to 3. A route. Okay. To pass legislation aimed at stopping the billions of robocalls that torment Mahler and I. Yeah. And, and the rest of America, of course. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, yeah. Mama. They're hoping the Senate can send the measure to Trump by Christmas. That's good. The vote on the same day the Judiciary Committee launched its first Trump impeachment hearing is a rare glimpse at bipartisan harmony in Congress. Amen. Robocalls have actually interrupted members of Congress right oh, in the middle. That's hilarious. Right in the middle of hearings. Congressman Greg Walden of Oregon, the top Republican on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, once ignored a call from Trump because he thought it was a robocall. The bill tackles robocalls in several ways, notably by requiring phone companies to verify where phone calls are coming from and let consumers block them at no additional cost. Now, I hope this means that we can see the number. Right. And it has to be where it's from. Right. But that's the problem. It may have been routed through a different number that looks like a very neighborly area code and prefix. Exactly. It also targets that, though. The bill also targets the so-called one ring scam, where scammers dial from a fake phone number. I hope they get into the multi-ring scam, too, where they dial from a fake phone number and let it ring once. This is what they do. One ring. You don't get to answer it, and they try to get consumers to call back. You know, you got a call from somebody. Right, that's, that's the data they want. Yeah. They want to know what you're going to do with that. And sometimes you're calling back a foreign line, and they charge you big fees for it. They route it through some other phone company, and then you, you got a bill. Americans received nearly 48 billion robocalls last year. I feel like I got 48 billion of them. There is a gross domestic product decline. Those yeah. are interruptions in a day's work, especially when you work at home and you get those calls. I'm What's not sure you get those calls at work as much. I think they're happening on our domestic. So it's a real disruption of productivity in well, every place. It breaks your train of thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I don't like about that's, it. I know. It, it does that to me every you're, time. You're moving along. Everything's fine. Because I'm just checking just... if it's you calling me. Really? Nathan. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well. You do sometimes. 2019 has already topped that $48 billion yeah. uh, calls from last it's year. It's that Florida business guy that's got that wired. He Somebody does, from Florida? Yeah, it's a Florida that's been... His fingers must be very tired. No, not, no. he's got the whole software thing that just overcalls everybody. Oh, that's how it works. But I wish hmm. folks I could remember his name. But some of you may know and let us know. 
email Nathan. Email me. AT&T and Verizon are backing the bill. Yeah, but they... It's so a lot of bipartisanship they, going on here. But I want here. to know what escape clauses are in there, because well, how much s- responsibility they have in That's true. There's probably up. something going on there, too. Sure. But I think this is really about robocalls, because they say that illegal robocalls is the key to winning back the trust of us, their consumers, because we, we're afraid to pick up the phone anymore. That's right. Changes how we use their product. You know what I'll do when I get a, not a robocall, but somebody on the other line who's selling stuff? That's what bothers me is I can't find out who's calling those right. sometimes. Right, right, You just see like a says, city uh, name. America or, the best. Yeah. And then you go, oh. Well, oh, you're. Oh, well, I'm not that gullible. America's drains. <laughs> no. Nah. Or something like that. <laughs> oh, America's drains. There you go. Irvine Dog Services. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, we knew you were so you, there. So you pick it up and they start selling you stuff. And I say, oh, I thought you were the doctor. Yeah, uh, that's what I, I say. Oh, I'm waiting for a call. I, yeah. Yeah. I use the doctor I'm sorry all that the you're time. not the call I was waiting for. <laughs> I get more serious. I make well, them think I'm dying. I'm saving. Or like my father is dying in the hospital. Because I'm just generally not a very nice person. From Reuters News Service. The 2020 U.S. Census is plagued by hacking threats and cost overruns. Yep. And under-budgeting... From the federal government. That's another device out of the White House. In 2016, the U.S. Census Bureau faced a pivotal choice in its plan to digitize the once-a-decade population count. The choices were either to build a system for collecting and processing data in-house or to buy one from an outside contractor. And you know what they did. They got the outside contractor because the old flawed public-private partnership BS that goes around all the time, which usually ends up costing the public a lot more and giving a contract to somebody who holds onto it for years and years and doesn't do a good job of it. And the, now it's very hackable. Yeah. The Be Bureau prepared. chose Pega Systems. I don't know, Pegasus with a Tim at the end, reasoning that outsourcing would be cheaper and more effective. It rarely is. Three years later, the project faces serious reliability and security problems, and its projected cost has doubled to $167 million, about $40 million more than the Bureau's 2016 cost projection for building the site in-house. So they could have done better just to Keep it at government function. Status quo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Pega Systems Test Census website was hacked. There you go. So they're not even off the ground. saw that coming. Yep. Yeah. They were hacked from IP addresses in Russia in 2018. An IP address affiliated with the census site had had a domain name service attack, causing a sharp increase in traffic. The potential cost of a hacking incident or a system failure go beyond busted budgets or stolen data. Yeah, a technological breakdown could compromise the accuracy of the census. Which makes every train move. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Which has been a linchpin of American democracy since the founding of the republic. We rely on it to figure out our budgets and to figure out our representation. And proportional everything. Yeah. The census technology overhaul got off to a late start, in part because Congress gave the Bureau less funding than it requested for most of the decade. So that goes on on before. That's on them, too. Okay. All right. Down to Obama. But it's also the Republican Congress had a lot to do with it, too. Yeah. That's their decision. Pressed for time, Bureau leadership at times prioritized speed over security. 
and getting it done faster. So we have a, uh, an inaccurate census, but we got it done really fast. Well, we'll see if it's really going to be done fast either. That, that's another question. Yeah, yeah. Wonder if they count. Yeah, I wonder if they count dogs at all in a census. They should. Shouldn't they have a dog question? Because wouldn't it help the animal services? Come on now. Well, now I'm, I'm not going to do that because I know that right now there are people that are gaming the therapy dog thing, and they're taking them into wildlife sanctuaries, but they're fake therapy dogs. So, fake therapy yeah, dogs. Yeah, there's fake yeah. therapy dogs. So, and they know that the the park rangers know. I actually was at a at a workshop that you know said they know that's happening. No, we're going to stay the humans. No, but if we find out that you know it, dogs aren't that bright, if you know what I'm saying. So if you I do, yeah. So, don't say it too loud. So maybe you could get them to admit that they're fake therapy dogs. Huh? On the census? No, we got yeah. no. We, you just told us we've got a hackable census mechanism. So we've we've got to get back to that. Eyes wide open, folks. That's serious. From Boundless. That's an immigration layers, uh, lawyer service at uh, Boundless.com. If you need an immigration lawyer, Boundless.com. The Trump administration proposed increasing the cost of applying for U.S. citizenship and a marriage-based green card as well, for the first time charging a fee for asylum applications. Now that's just nuts. Under the new proposal, fees for citizenship would increase by more than 80% from $640 to $1,170. For marriage-based green cards filed within the U.S., application fees would increase by 56% from $1,760 to $2,750. So we're talking a $1,000 increase there. Some asylum seekers will also be required to pay $50 to apply for asylum, making the U.S. only one of four countries in the world to charge for asylum application. These are people in need here. These, These are, are people pe- who've been fleeced all along their 7,000-mile walk to get to the border and over it. They have no assets. They ran away from where they were leaving. Yeah. There's no way they can pay that. I have some anecdotal things about people that are trying to pay for this paperwork now, the naturalization forms. The fee waiver will be discontinued. It discontinued December 1st. Yeah. So these people are being severely exploited now at the American workplace. And I met in the naturalization application assistance, the monthly workshops that I go to. A woman was making $18,000 as an aerospace assembly person in Orange County. And so that's 18 a year, 18,000 a year. That's, and so and she that's qualified. Full-time? That's why we were doing those. We were doing the last opportunities we could while that fee waiver was still in place so we could help out that person. They don't have that money laying around. $647 was enough and now it's going up. And the whole idea with the fees, it's a fees based program is supposed to fund the actual yeah. process and what's happening the folks that are scrutinizing the budget is the money being collected for those fees is being used for other fraudulent detection activities within the immigration services so it's so uh, when you shuffling see, the money around. they're shuffling it around yeah. so that the point with fees base it's supposed to support the program now we're getting insult to injury where the government's making the case that we need to cover the true cost of this program but yeah. they're covering other programs costs it's yeah. a total total lie applications for travel document 
which allows someone living in the United States to travel abroad while waiting their green card right. is free, yeah. but will cost $585 under the new proposal. That's so expensive. Yeah. The new proposal is the latest in a series of rule changes by Republicans to restrict immigration, especially for low-income immigrants. The courts recently blocked a proposal known as the public charge rule from taking effect, which would deny green cards and other visas to applicants who are deemed likely to use public benefits. So, so, so now the, the so, impact. Yeah. Oh, here. If this news makes you want to leave the country, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to heal your soul? Just go to KUCI. Your generous donation is... How we stay on air. KUCI.org, commercial free, free form, free speech radio. Let freedom ring. Ta da. From the Washington Post Trump gave states power to ban refugees, but conservative Utah wants more of them. Yep. I'm so impressed with Utah about this. I have some Mormon friends, you know. I grew up with a lot of Mormons. Okay. I'm not one myself. As you know, I'm a pagan. The Mormons were just always so friendly and nice, and they, they seemed to wash a lot, too. At least the ones I... They well, all seem you know very more than I clean. do. And it's hard to get in and out of that Mormon underwear, so that's a real commitment. <laughs> and bullion, you know? I mean, who, oh. who drinks bullion? Not me. But that's good. It makes good They seem to be healthy, and they were wonderful people. <laughs> I sound, I sound like a racist, don't I? No, no, no. This, what was the article? So let's hear about this refugee issue. Let's talk more about Mormons. This fall, Trump signed an executive order that, for the first time, gives states and cities the authority to veto refugee settlements. But in Utah, deeply conservative, deeply devout, predominantly white Utah, the governor, a Republican who aligns with Trump on most issues, wrote the president a letter in late October, and he wanted Trump to send more refugees. We empathize deeply with individuals and groups who have been forced from their homes, and we love giving them a new home and a new life, Governor Gary Herbert wrote. They become productive employees and responsible citizens, he added. Republicans in the state legislature quickly backed up the governor, daring to defy Trump, who is a thin-skinned baby, you know that. So did Republican members of the state's congressional delegation. So did Republicans in city halls. That's, that's amazing to me. Here's Utah, conservative Utah, just slamming the president, essentially. And that's the problem, though. That profile didn't stick in the American conversation. That could have been a very important discussion. Yeah. And it got plowed by lots of other drama. Leading the world in providing refugee to people fleeing war or oppression was long a source of bipartisan pride here in the U.S. From Ronald Reagan to Barack Obama, every president in recent decades boosted the program, identifying it as a way to generate goodwill and prestige internationally while strengthening bonds in communities at home. But not Trump. In September, Trump cut the annual number of new arrivals to a maximum of 18,000. That's a record low. Yeah. That's 18,000 a year. He has repeatedly attacked refugees, saying they may be a Trojan horse, ready for violence, as soon as they get out, you know, inside of our U.S. of A. Do you think that that's exactly the vocabulary Stephen Miller provided for the memo? Trojan horse? Oh, yeah. He sounds like he might have used a Trojan horse. I'm always horse. trying to diagram those sentences. Are these Millers? Yeah. 
or a Muslim takeover. That's always a favorite one. Utah's population includes about 60,000 refugees from places like Somalia, Congo, Syria, Iraq, and Vietnam. Aren't those shithole countries? Oh, yeah. is Cameroon not in there? Uh, I don't see it that. It should be, yeah. yeah. Under Trump, the number of new arrivals oh. has dropped from 1,200 in 2016 to 421 last year in Utah. Still, Utah punches well above its weight, taking in more people per capita than large states like California, Texas, and New York. Nearly two-thirds of the state is Mormon. It's in the DNA of a lot of residents of Utah having pioneer forefathers who are driven from their homes because of their religious beliefs, said Rick Foster, who manages the Mormon Church's global network of welfare operations, including support for refugees. There's an acute sensitivity to individuals who are suffering a similar plight. I think that stuff's wonderful when I hear that. It makes me think there's hope for man. Well, I'm, I'm, my Your eyeball's man. on the cashier, too. They, that's their economic <laughs> development tool. Well, that's true. They yeah. need them. That's not a cynical response by the church, though, too. I think they really do appreciate... They're getting the, that message out. Yeah. It's good messaging. Uh-huh. And they... <laughs> And I'm not sure if the other numbers are declining, period, in Utah. And so they need to do that. They can use it all that they want in their messaging. Are we working on uh, Mormon branding now? Is that what we can do? They're working on it. I don't, they don't need our help. <laughs> well, I think they do. I think we offer a unique perspective. Uh, pagan PR. We could approach them, see what they think. <laughs> and just in time for Christmas. The Trump administration said it finalized a ruling tightening work requirements for Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. That's also known. SNAP. As SNAP. We, we like that, SNAP. That's a good thing. <laughs> SNAP. Which could cut hundreds of thousands of people from food stamps. This is just a horrible thing. And I'm not, you know, especially at this time of year. But there is something about the end of the year where you kind of soften a little bit. Not saying it's because of Christmas or anything. It's just the end of the year, and it's stock taking, yeah. yeah, brotherly love. But yeah, I thought of school lunch bullying when this was happening. Sort of this. It's the same sensibility here. It's sort of in reverse. You can't have our food. You can't yeah. have your food that you want to keep your household intact. What's wrong with food on the table anyway? Anyway, yeah, the rule would apply to able-bodied adults with no dependents part of a broader effort to limit access to the federal food safety net, the first of three such measures in the work. Yep. So they're on their way to this. But that's the key, the able-bodied. That's yeah. a, it's a Republican term, and it misses that there are seasonal and other temporary workers okay. that need to have that carry them through from one employee to the other, or people that are maybe are able-bodied, but they're still a misfit in other aspects of them to bring yeah. to the workforce. You know what my superpower would be what if would I that had a superpower? Be, it would be to switch people within bodies. So I'd like to take some of these Congress members yeah, them. and put them on the street and have them try and, you know, this able body bull. Just try to survive on, what was it, $18,000 right. that your friend was making? Uh, my applicant yeah. counter, yeah. Exactly. Try to survive on that. Yeah. What we're asking for is food here. Maybe you don't have a car. Yeah. Maybe your bus pass is, you know, ru- running out. Or there, There's all those debilitating factors. Give it yeah. a go. I don't think these people know what rent costs anymore. I hope your superpower comes, man. Yeah. Check back. 
<laughs> the USDA initially estimated up to 700,000 people would be dropped from SNAP yeah. if the proposal took effect. Under current law, able-bodied adults without dependents can receive SNAP benefits for a maximum of only three months during a three-year period. That's under the current law, unless they're working or enrolled in an education or training program for 80 hours a month. But states have been able to waive this time limit to ensure access to food stamps during the ups and downs of re-entering the workforce. It is just hell out there if you've lost a job, especially if you're an older person. And the and cascading yeah. effects of all of that. Especially if you don't have a place to stay, if you don't have a home you can afford a home, but every night what you're thinking about is not how can I get ready for the next day, but where am I staying the next day? Where can I get enough food and where can I, you know, the only way I can obtain food is to buy fast food. I don't have the time or the kitchen to make it for myself. Anyway, the new rule will tighten the criteria for states applying for these waivers. The other two proposed rule changes, not yet final, aim to cap deductions for utility allowance and to limit access to SNAP for working poor families. <coughs> A study by the Urban Institute shows the combined impact of these rules would cut 3.7 million people from SNAP in an average month. That's huge. Yeah. Millions it's more would lot. experience uh, reductions hungry. in monthly benefits, and 982 students would lose automatic access to free or reduced-price school meals. And there's your academic performance getting rammed hard by a nutritional deficit. So that's Merry Christmas from The Chosen One. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI FM. Stream us live on TuneIn or go to KUCI.org. <laughs> From New York Magazine by Jonathan Chait, U.S. Attorney General Billy Barr has made it clear people who disrespect the police should lose police protection, unless, of course, it's Trump. <laughs> Barr said that Americans—this this astonished me. I, that, it really did. Yeah. Americans it's, have it's, to start showing more than they do the respect and support that law enforcement deserves— and if communities don't give that support and respect, they might find themselves without police protection they need. I don't know. My irony meter really broke when I yeah. reviewed that news item. Barr has previously lashed out at Black Lives Matter and other criminal justice reform advocates who he called an increasingly vocal minority that regularly attacks the police and advances a narrative that it is the police that are the bad guys rather than the criminals. No, they're saying specific policemen have killed blacks unarmed. on the street, unarmed. unarmed. That's what they're saying. When Barr complains about communities that fail to respect the police, he means African-American communities. The first thing that stands out about his threat is that even by his own logic, Barr is advocating punishment for the innocent. After all, even if protesting police mistreatment of minorities is wrong, as Barr says it is, not everyone in a community has protested or even supports the protesters. And yet he says he'll punish the entire community. Collective punishment. Yeah. On the other side of the coin, Trump's called law enforcement, the FBI's director, a nut job, among other insults. 
attacked law enforcement, the FBI, as dirty cops and sexually mocked the conversation between two FBI agents at one of his rallies. Trump, like a gangster, has described witnesses who testify against their bosses as rats and said it ought to be illegal. According to Barr, it's okay for Trump to ridicule and engage in gross obstruction against law enforcement, but any complaint against law enforcement by African Americans is an unacceptable affront, the punishment for which must fall on the entire community. Can my superpower be to put William Barr in a wholly different community and... Uh, use well, that, your, I think this is my superpower. Be, I could do that's that. That's I mean, with yeah. your superpower, have him be at the receiving end of that kind of shakedown. Easy from the enough. Top, the top cop. Yeah. But he's the mob cop. The mob boss's cop. The mob cop? From the Inquisitor, eight Republicans who will vote on Trump's impeachment spent the 4th of July at secret meetings in Moscow, and nobody cares. Now, we reported this on Weekly Signals yep. way back when it happened, but... Now we're in the middle of this impeachment with the House of Representatives expected to draw up articles of impeachment against Trump. The process will likely move to the Senate, which holds a trial to decide whether or not to convict Trump and remove him from office. But a former Democratic National Committee official, Adam Parkomenko, says it appears to be inevitable that the Republican-controlled Senate will allow Trump to walk. Parkomenko says, can we please also talk about the U.S. senators who spent the 4th of July in Moscow and now spout Kremlin talking points. In Moscow, the Republicans held a series of closed-door meetings with Russian officials and lawmakers that, according to a Russian newspaper, were surrounded by a veil of secrecy. One of those Republicans, it's a shame he has John Kennedy's name, John Kennedy of Louisiana, yeah, yeah. the Republican, now publicly backs the claim that Ukraine, not Russia, interfered in the 2016 election to help Hillary Clinton rather than Trump. Another senator who was part of the delegation to Moscow, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, held meetings with Russian officials in a secret room during the July 4th visit. Johnson has since claimed that he absolutely does not trust the CIA and the FBI. Oh, Johnson is, he is bought and paid yeah. for. Well. And those investigations that wow. have gone on by the CIA and FBI have concluded that Russia interfered in the 2016 election. Everybody's concluded that in the government. Even the Republican Senate committee on, that was investigating this said that Russia was involved. And yet there are eight senators who will vote on the impeachment who are doing nothing but spouting what Russia is telling them to. From Reuters News Service, Russia will set up a new online site for its national encyclopedia after President Vladimir Putin said Wikipedia was unreliable and should be replaced. Of course, Wikipedia isn't 100%. Right. You have to fact check it, but there's some really good, vital information you can get from Wikipedia. It gives you a good, round view of some things. Well, it also gives you an idea of people that are editing their own Wikipedia, exactly, and you can you can see some very interesting curating going on. So it's, that's <laughs> yeah. not, that's other data to mine. The move will ensure people can find, according to him, reliable information that is constantly updated on the basis of scientifically verified sources of knowledge. Well, that doesn't mean they're telling the truth. Well, he has a lot to yeah. Just uh -huh. go back to genetics in the Soviet yeah. Union in the 1950s. Yeah. Speaking of science. 
Well, go back to his formulation for governing, which is nothing is true and everything's possible. That's kind of the way they look at things. It's also the way they hacked into our system with the way they advertised in Facebook was by just flooding false information. And so nobody really had a grasp of what the truth is. And I think that's what they mean by scientifically verified sources of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, In 2015, Russia blocked the Russian language version of Wikipedia for an article containing information on cannabis under legislation that bans sites with drug-related material. Moscow has a kill switch, too, for its Internet. Wow. It can just shut down everything and also puts a government surveillance chip in every computer now. So if you buy a computer in Russia, they have a way that they can just... That's not a back door. It's a front door. Yeah, it's a front door. Wow. Wow. So that having that kill switch, that's just another demonstration of power. Yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. knows you've got that. Yeah. Everybody knows you've got those chips in there. They say it's for cybersecurity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. From The Guardian by our good friend Michael Clare. We had him on Weekly Signals many years ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't a know fine that. gentleman. In spite of the fact that Trump still thinks the climate crisis is bogus, Pentagon officials view it as an existential threat to human society and are already taking action. Military leaders have not said much in public about the climate crisis, in part because they're reluctant to become involved in partisan political issues. See, and it isn't. No, it isn't. It's not partisan. It's fiscal, folks. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Republicans were bought out by oil and gas companies. And their subsidiaries. But the Pentagon wants to protect their assets. Oh, that too. Here comes a climate change storm messing with the assets. It's also uh, the reason is partly because top government officials in the U.S. have actively discouraged involvement. It's pretty much the same thing. It's partisan. Nevertheless, senior officials are fully aware that the globe is warming. In 2015, the Department of Defense told Congress climate change is an urgent and growing threat to our national security, contributing to increased natural disasters, refugee flows, and conflicts over basic resources such as food and water. These impacts are already occurring, and the scope, scale, and intensity of these impacts are projected to increase over time. Sounds like a Chinese hoax to me. It's thunderingly scary. Yeah. Senior Pentagon officials have identified three ways the climate crisis will endanger American security. One, by increasing the level of conflict and chaos abroad. Two, by exposing the homeland to ever more destructive climate effects. And three, by obstructing the military's capacity to carry out its assigned missions. And that's happening now. Yeah. They couldn't get all of the fighter jets out of the way of the hurricane hitting Tyndall Air Force Base. Oh, yeah, Base. so you're out there and with so an aircraft And so those massively carrier. expansive jets were destroyed. That's a big news item, and you're saying that they're trying to sort of pedal that back a little bit, but it should be big news and we understand what's happening. you got to wonder military. how... you got to wonder how much those jets cost, too. You're it was about high. Per, you're talking about back slashing food stamps. Yeah. And yet they deny climate change, which results in having to trash jets because they're not prepared for it. All right. The Department of Defense also acknowledges that the climate crisis will cause grave harm to the homeland. The nation's east and gulf coasts are highly exposed to powerful hurricanes, while its west and southwest are vulnerable to prolonged droughts and forest fires. To make matters worse, extreme events of this sort will increase, occurring in clusters with one disaster immediately after another. And they have to respond? Yeah. They'll be spread too thin to respond. 
More frequent and more severe extreme weather events may require substantial involvement of Department of Defense units, personnel, and assets in future relief operations, they said. There you go. The same storms that devastated much of the southeast in 2017 also battered a lot of military bases, resulting in the mandatory evacuation of most personnel. All this leads to what might be called an all-hell-breaking-loose scenario. (laughs) Yeah. A situation where key U.S. allies are begging for American troop support to avert collapse because of climate crisis, while the homeland is reeling from several major climate disasters and vital military installations are incapacitated by storms and wildfires. (sighs) From Science Daily. A Columbia University study in fruit flies, they were studying fruit flies, has identified serotonin as a chemical that triggers the body's startle response, the automatic deer-in-the-headlights reflex that freezes the body momentarily in potential threat. That's what they're getting ready for. The study reveals that when a fly experiences an unexpected change in its surroundings, release of serotonin helps to literally and temporarily stop the fly in its tracks. <laughs> its yeah. tracks. I love that. Yeah. yeah. In the brain, serotonin is mostly thought of as regulating mood and emotion. Well, that's what we think. But previous research on flies and vertebrates, like us, have shown it can also affect the speed of an animal's movement. When a fly is startled, serotonin acts like an emergency brake. Scientists believe this pause could allow the fly's nervous system to gather the information about this sudden change and decide how it should respond. Which direction to yeah, respond Yeah, so it's a in. good thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, well, we'll wait. They also compared it to like, you know, you're sitting here at KUCI. If we felt the room shake, the first thing we do is just deer in headlights. Earthquake? What's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. And finally, a group of secondary school students in the Philippines found a way to convert dog poop into a mixture for bricks in an attempt to rid city streets of stray dog turds, all the while lowering construction costs. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. The students say they're bio bricks. That's what they call them. Bio bricks, Mahler. Yeah, bio bricks are cheap and ideal for sidewalk pavements or small structures like backyard walls. Each brick contains 10 grams of dog poo and, and 10 grams of cement powder Okay, and has a faint odor that the group says will fade with time. <laughs> you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. WeeklySignals.com Subscribe now!